to Off-Label Veterinary News, your source for commentary on animals, medicine, and practice life. If this is your first time, be sure to hit that subscribe button and give me a thumbs up. Let's jump in to some of the stories you might have missed. Our first story is an exciting development in the war against cancer. Zometica, a veterinary pharmaceutical and diagnostics company, has officially partnered with Celsi, a developer of circulating tumor cell isolation technology. The two Michigan-based companies have agreed to develop and commercialize a liquid biopsy test for canine cancer. This test identifies circulating tumor cells, or CTCs, that have shed from a tumor and are circulating throughout the body. These tests can be used to identify cancer in its earliest stages and to determine if a patient is coming out of remission. The commercially available human version of this test delivers results within four hours. Zobetica hopes to finalize validation of this technology in early 2018 and bring it to market in late 2018. As a veterinary clinician, I'm constantly seeking ways to identify disease in my patients as early as possible. This test holds tremendous potential and I'm really excited to see Zometica moving in this direction. In other high-tech diagnostic news, the Journal of the American Association of Pharmaceutical Scientists just published a commentary on the translational value of intestinal stem cell organoids in dogs and humans. Organoids were first developed by scientists at Stanford University and in the Netherlands in 2009 and 2010. In just a few years, scientists have been able to organize these stem cell lines into clusters that may mimic organ functions. This paper focused on the use of intestinal stem cell line organoids to look at diseases like colon cancer and inflammatory bowel disease in dogs and how that translates to humans. Over the past decade, many scientists have become concerned that traditional rodent models aren't good when it comes to translating drug and therapies for humans. A closer analog is man's best friend. Canine models also may share similar environmental, genomic, anatomical and intestinal characteristics that make them a very good study model for human disease. These organoids are now being applied to the organ on a chip or microfluidic chips to study how entire organ systems such as the intestinal tract operate. Perhaps the most exciting use of organoids and microfluidic chips in research used for me is the fact that we can eliminate live animal models. In addition to eliminating the use of live animals in research, these technologies allow more precision and specificity in studies. Stay tuned to these exciting developments in research because I think they have tremendous potential to help both animals and humans. And finally, a new study shows that primary care physicians may not understand obesity as well as we'd like. In a study co-authored by my friend and mentor, Ted Kyle of the Obesity Action Coalition, they studied physicians at both general medical conferences and obesity treatment conferences. The study revealed that primary care physicians believe that behavioral factors influenced the development of obesity and treatment more than biological ones or medical and surgical interventions. Primary care docs rank bariatric surgery as less effective than behavior modification for obesity. Have they read the literature? Both are effective, but behavior change has never won a head-to-head -head comparison. Kyle and his colleagues were quick to point out in the study that behavior modification has a place and is effective in the treatment and management of obesity. But the medical and scientific evidence is clear. 
bariatric surgery and medical interventions far exceed behavioral modification alone when it comes to the treatment of obesity. As a pet obesity expert, I find that many veterinarians may blame the owner for a lazy lifestyle or simply overfeeding. And while these behaviors certainly contribute to overweight and obesity, they aren't the only element at play. I believe that pet obesity is a multifactorial disease and must be treated as such. If veterinarians simply dismiss pet obesity as a byproduct of overfeeding and under-exercising, then I think we missed the opportunity to discover the underlying physiological mechanisms involved. This research on our human counterparts shows that we have a long way to go in the treatment of obesity, both in animals and in humans. So what do you think, off-labelers? Do you view pet obesity as a disease? If so, why or why not? What do you think about primary care physicians' belief that behavior beats biology when it comes to obesity? I wanna hear from you. Well, that's it for another episode of Off-Label Veterinary News. If you like content like this, be sure to hit that subscribe button and ding the bell so you'll be notified as soon as content like this drops on your internet doorstep. Until next time, keep living that off-label life. Bye.